Today's show is brought to you by Real Life Baby. Real Life Baby is a fabulous online resource where you will find a variety of tips on baby and toddler well-being in addition to the most thoughtfully sourced baby gear eco shop. Real Life Baby is a great resource for parents looking to surround their little ones with the safest, most nurturing materials available. I'm personally a big fan of the humanely sourced wool products. You can explore the Real Life Baby shop by heading to their website at reallifebabyecoshop.com. And for a short period of time, you can even get 10% discount by using the code CRICKET10, all one word. That's C-R-I-C-K-E-T-10. That's reallifebabyecoshop.com, discount code inspired after my own little bun in the oven, CRICKET10. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I am your host, Cassie Joy Garcia, and today it is just me, myself, and I. (laughs) I used to do a lot of solo episodes, and then we got into, I, we, me, myself, and I's. We got into a habit of welcoming really wonderful guests on the show because I just love it when you guys get to hear from other leaders in our industry and also other listeners. I hope you enjoy the reverse list, reverse interviews that we do here on the show. I They're some of my favorite episodes to record uh, and they're some of my favorite ones to share because I think that... It can really be eye-opening when you hear about real-life experiences and real-life questions from real-life people. Not that I'm not a real-life person, but um, you know, somebody who hasn't made holistic nutrition and mindset coaching a part of their their job. So. Anyways, thank you so much. I just want to start off today's show by thanking you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all of your wonderful support. Uh, thanks, of course, to our sponsors. This has been really a fun, wild ride working to bring you better and better content. This episode is airing on, let me see if I can make sure I have the date down. This episode is airing on Monday, January 15th, and I... Although she's still tucked away, nice and cozy in my belly, there is a really good chance that between now and then, she, uh, my daughter is born, our daughter is born, uh, and she could also still be tucked away by the time this episode airs for a couple more weeks. Who knows? Her due date is January 13th, this Saturday, so... Um, It's going to be a really fun, exciting ride. I want to tell you guys what you can expect on the podcast through my maternity leave, quote unquote, coming out. It is not going to look like a leave to you all at all. Uh, My team and I have been working very diligently for the past six to uh, really nine months to prepare for this. We have regular brand new recipes coming to the blog and brand new podcast episodes coming to you here every single week. We've already got them recorded some really wonderful interviews are coming out. I've also recorded a couple science type episodes. I know how much you enjoy those. And today's episode is going to be a mindset episode. These are some of my favorite to put together because I, you know, really it's the essence of the show. The Fed and Fit podcast was a healthy mindset for a healthy lifestyle is our original catchphrase because it's one of those things that it's our do not pass go, right? It's priority number one. When it comes to a healthy mindset, oftentimes the missing puzzle piece 
has nothing to do with food. It has nothing to do with fitness. It has nothing to do with water, rest, stress levels, or anything like that. It has everything to do with our perspective, right? The context from which we are making decisions about our healthy lifestyle. And so I started the podcast because I wanted to address that as holistically as possible, throw a giant umbrella over it, knowing that um, we're not gonna be able to ever cover it all, but we're gonna do our best. So today, we're taking a chip off of that giant glacier of a topic, and we are gonna talk about specifically Um, how to step off the hamster wheel going from a mindset of reward and punishment towards one of just healthy living, right? Making good strides, good healthy strides to just feel our best. And I think it's important to talk about it now. I didn't want to publish this episode before the new year or right at the new year mark or turn because I don't think there's anything wrong with a new year's resolution. I really don't. I think that they're wonderful. If that's something that empowers you and encourages you to really step off in the new year with some really wonderful intention, by all means, go for it. But by now, you probably have realized, because there's a, there's a healthy way to do it and there's an unhealthy way to do it. By now, a couple weeks into January, you can probably self-reflect a little bit and determine Am I doing this in a really healthy, uplifting, empowering way? Or am I doing this in a way where I am just cranking harder than ever on the hamster wheel of reward and punishment? Okay, and so I wanted to bring that to light, give you kind of a compass to figure out how to step off the hamster wheel and what that can look like in a practical sense. So let's get to it okay so number one thing let's talk about what do i mean by reward punishment hamster wheel what the heck does that even mean so let's walk through an entire essentially an entire year of what could possibly be a person's mindset going through a year let's say the holidays roll around thanksgiving christmas time there are cookies there's hot apple cider there's hot cocoa there's all these wonderful sweet filled you you know, starchy, wonderful things around us. It's magical season. There's twinkly lights and fluffy shoes, (laughs) fluffy socks and candy canes. And we're just so excited. And we think, gosh darn it, Christmas cookies only come around once a year. Thanksgiving pies only come around once a year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna indulge like I've never indulged before because this is only once a year. And I don't think there's really anything wrong with indulging, but a lot of, a lot of us, think I'm just going to go ahead and jump in with reckless abandon. I'm going to enjoy all these things. And because I don't want to moderate myself through this joyous holiday season. Okay. And so what we, what we have done with this is we've taken the pendulum and we have swung it as hard as we can. Now, of course, this is an extreme example. The majority of you listening are probably thinking I was not that extreme but just bear with me through this example. We've taken this pendulum and we've thrown it as hard as we can into the reward side of the scale, right? We are going to reward ourselves in this holiday season with all of these indulgences. We're not gonna, we're not gonna monitor or meter. We're just gonna go ahead and, and have whatever we, the heck we want and despite some of those things that we know aren't gonna make us feel great. Because come January, 
We're gonna take that pendulum and we're gonna swing it as hard as we can against the other end of the spectrum. And we're going to essentially try to counteract all of the quote unquote damage that we did during the holidays. And so come January, don't you worry, the diet starts. I'm gonna have all the cookies now because in January, I'm gonna have no cookies. <laughs> Does, I, does that sound kind of familiar? Although I'm being, I'm kind of making light of it and this is a very extreme example. It's, it's a relatable equation. I've personally been through this so many times. And, and what I want us to arrive at is realizing that we can indulge in the holidays and we can also eat really healthy in January and not feel like we're rewarding or punishing ourselves. There's no pendulum. There's no shift in who we are or if we're if or how we're treating ourselves it's just us we're just living right we're just having the piece of pie and then we're just having the soup and we're just working out and there's no worry about whether i should or shouldn't be moderating more or should or shouldn't be eating more vegetables or should or shouldn't be eating less cookies we're just making decisions based on what makes us feel good through all seasons. And so that's what I mean about stepping off the hamster wheel, the cycle, right? Because in January, when we're punishing ourselves to the extreme, we're, we're over-exercising because we're trying to make up for all of the caloric, you know, overconsumption in our minds that we think that we did, the damage we think that we did in December. We're trying to overcompensate for that in January. And then come February, we're tired, we don't feel empowered, we feel exhausted, we might, our bodies might feel a little bit better if we really did follow a squeaky clean protocol, but come springtime, how's your relationship with food looking? Right, and I'm not, I, I hope that you don't feel, I hope folks aren't sitting here feeling attacked, but at the end of the day, if your relationship with food is not, if you're not trying to heal it, you're, you're probably hurting it. And by looking at certain foods as good or bad, um, like Christmas cookie, bad. So January, we're only gonna have good food. Then what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do around Easter time and somebody has Easter cookies out? Are those Easter cookies now bad, right? Or could you have an Easter gluten-free cookie and be just fine and not worry about whether it's good or bad, right? How is your relationship with food come springtime? Most people who have swung this pendulum to the extremes find themselves around springtime having a really ugly relationship with food. And then they yo-yo all year long, right? They go through the spring break diet. We're gonna indulge in February because I'm so tired of restricting and then, in, and then I'm gonna go ahead and diet again and turn in time for spring break. And then I'm gonna indulge again right after that in, a in April, and then I'm gonna diet again in time for my summer holiday vacation on the beach with my friends and my family. And then I'm gonna go ahead and indulge again, and I'm gonna diet again so that I can look really good come Thanksgiving when I see all my family. And then I'm gonna indulge all through the holidays, and don't worry, we're, we'll diet again in January. And right back to where we started from. And it breaks my heart. This cycle absolutely breaks my heart. So I just wanna be your friend and be your advocate and tell you now is the time to stop. Okay, you can stop. You can stop this cycle, right? There's no 
there's no dieting that you can do, no fitnessing that you can do that is going to undo indulgences. They are a part of you and you are who you are right now. It's not that you are a lesser version of yourself because you had an extra three dozen cookies or not. You're just who you are. It's just a decision that you made, right? So this constant pursuit of trying to feel like ourselves needs to shift from I want to feel like myself to I want to I just want to feel good. I want to feel like my best self. And what does a best self usually do? Our best selves, our best versions of ourselves do not reward or punish to these extremes. Okay, so really quickly, let's chat about some of these practical applications of how we can right size. Maybe if we if you if this podcast is catching you on the hamster wheel and you know it and you're like mid sprint on this wheel running, you're in the middle of January and you're running towards trying to you're thinking every time you hop on that treadmill or every time you lift those weights or every time you munch on a piece of raw kale, you're thinking take that Christmas cookie number 42, take that cookie number 44, right? If this is catching you mid-stride, that's great because it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. We can course correct our mindset and that's all that matters, right? Is where is our motivation coming from? Are we trying to punish ourselves for the indulgences or are we doing this because we just want to feel good? That's the biggest distinction. So how do we just do things to feel good? Number one, let's talk about fitness. Um, even though I would consider it our fourth priority, if you have a copy of the Fed and Fit book, I have what I call the four pillars of health listed out there. And uh, number one pillar of health is mindset. Again, do not pass go. It's the most important piece. Number two is rest and hydration. We'll talk about that in a second. Number three is nutrition. And then number four is fitness. So it's dead last. So let's talk about it first because it's the easy one. So let's find fitness that's fun. That is how we get off this hamster wheel. If we are trying to, man, gosh, I remember in college when I was in this full-blown pendulum swing, the yo-yos of diets, of being, of dieting and indulging and dieting and indulging and punishing or rewarding and punishing or rewarding, depending on, you know, which way you want to look at it. When I was in one of those punishment modes, one of those dieting modes, I would pick the most punishing workout possible. For me, that is a treadmill. I can't stand a treadmill, but I would go and I'd strap myself on and I would run on that machine that just felt like it sucked the life out of me because I felt like the the punishment, not only the exercise was good for me, but I, in some way, who knows, deep down, maybe I thought I was teaching myself a lesson. And so I would sit there and I would run. So what is number one when it comes to fitness is try to find something that's fun, that you enjoy, okay? Fitness is wonderful. It's something to incorporate in our, in our everyday life. But I, have, I need to tell you in case nobody's ever told you before, you can enjoy working out. Even if you're just getting started, even if you feel like you've got a long ways to go and you haven't even walked a mile in over a year, you can actually enjoy working out. So find something you enjoy doing, whether that's 
Zumba, really just go and dance and move your body, or maybe some sort of a really light CrossFit class. A lot of CrossFit classes have some midday lighter classes. Go interview coaches and say, hey, do you have something where I can just hang out with some really cool people, maybe lift a couple weights, have a coach watch me very carefully because I really don't want to hurt myself, but I'm not in it to win it. I'm not, I don't really have any intention of ever going to the games, right? You can enjoy a class like that maybe. Maybe it's swimming. Maybe it's maybe you really loved tennis through high school and college. Dust off that racket, go find a friend you can play with. Okay? Or maybe it's just going on walks, really regular walks, popping in your headphones, listening to an audiobook, listening to a podcast. Hey, hey. You know, whatever it is, something that you truly enjoy, make fitness fun, okay? So, you're going to see a theme in these But the ways to step off that hamster wheel and to keep ourselves from punishing ourselves during these seasons is of trying to feel good and trying to maintain a healthy mindset is to try to make sure that the activities we're doing are not seen as a punishment, even though they're good for us. Okay, so make fitness fun. If you're doing a fitness activity that you loathe right now, stop doing it. Okay, (laughs) just stop. Find something you enjoy, even if it's just walking until you find the next right solution, um, but find something you enjoy. Okay, next up, let's talk about food. Eat foods that you enjoy, by golly. There's nothing wrong with that. I care just like fitness, in case nobody's ever told you, healthy food does not have to be punishing. There are me and there's me and there's, gosh, an entire army of healthy food bloggers out there that have made this their sole mission in professional pursuits right now is to bring you delicious recipes that are also healthy okay so take advantage of those explore on pinterest paleo friendly foods is a really great place to start Um, those are probably going to be the one the foods that make you feel the best Right? It's not about being dogmatic. It's not about following very stringent rules, but it's about eating things that make you feel good that you also enjoy. Those, that is number one for me. When I first started on my healthy lifestyle plan and I decided I was going to step off that gosh darn hamster wheel, I was not going to punish myself anymore. Where was I at that time? Well, I had decided I was going to stop <laughs> running on the treadmill. I also decided I was going to stop eating steamed spinach, egg whites, and what else was I eating? And, and raspberries for breakfast, right? That's all I was eating. I didn't really enjoy it, but I thought, nope, this is a healthy breakfast, so this is what I'm going to eat. This is back when we really knew we should be eating the yolks. Um, <clears throat> so that's what I did. And I was feeling great because I was following all of a sudden this anti-inflammatory paleo type protocol and my body was starting to respond, but I was getting no joy from my food. And I thought this is not sustainable, right? Because if I keep punishing myself with food, the next holiday season, I'm going to bury my face in that cherry pie, right? And so I needed to find a way to make breakfast delicious so that the cherry pie was just cherry pie. It didn't all of a sudden become a reward for punishing myself for breakfast for several months in a row. So I started eating breakfast that I really enjoyed. So make sure you're eating healthy foods that you enjoy. Experiment. This is a really hard thing to chat about specifically on the podcast because it's so individual, but learn, figure out what you like. If you're a, if you're a Holland, uh, what is it? Eggs Benedict kind of person. That is just your dream breakfast. 
whip up some hollandaise sauce at home and, and sprinkle that over your scrambled eggs or poached eggs or whatever you have in the morning. If pancakes are your end all be all, have some gluten-free pancakes every weekend. Even though you're following this squeaky clean protocol, if that helps you keep your mind in a really good, healthy, balanced state, enjoy them. Legit Bread makes a really wonderful pancake mix that you can have um, that's, that's probably not gonna make your body feel crummy. So eat foods that you enjoy. Um, and if you don't enjoy it, if you absolutely loathe raw kale salads, then don't eat raw kale salads. Just like you, I don't encourage you to do a workout that you hate, don't eat a healthy food that you hate because that is punishment. Okay, there are certain times when I've told my husband, if I eat another salad, I think I might cry. And if you're at that point, then start eating really good, healthy, wholesome foods, roasts, pot roast with uh, roasted vegetables, that is a really healthy food choice. It's a wonderful choice. Avoid the wheat flour filled gravy, just have the pot roast as it is with some balsamic vinegar and other yummy things um, and feel nourished, feel full and feel satisfied, that's okay. I think this is a great spot to stop and hear from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers grass-fed, grass-finished, pastured beef, chicken, and heritage breed pork to your door each month. The animals are humanely raised and are never introduced to hormones or antibiotics. I have been a loyal fan and customer of ButcherBox for over a year now and love my monthly ButcherBox delivery because it helps me get healthy, nutrient-packed protein on my table with ease. To order your own ButcherBox, head to www.butcherbox.com forward slash fed and fit podcast where you can get $15 off plus free bacon with your order. Again, that's www.butcherbox.com forward slash Fed and Fit podcast for $15 off and free bacon with your order. Okay, next tip. Do not, under any circumstance, go hungry. Okay, again, just like foods we enjoy and fitness that we enjoy, not going hungry is vital to maintaining a healthy mindset while trying to also feel our best, okay? I know how tempting this is. I have a background of disordered eating and airing this out is probably one of the most important things that we can do. If you are somebody else who maybe has a background of disordered eating where you think, ooh, subconsciously maybe, maybe you're not even consciously thinking these things. Subconsciously, we're thinking, gosh, I had too many cocktails, I had too many desserts, and I really overindulged over the holidays. So I'm just gonna go ahead and calorie restrict in the new year. And that is gonna be how I help not only make up for the overconsumption, but I'm also gonna, it's, it's, it's essentially a form of punishment for the over rewarding that I did at the end of last year. Does that sound familiar? It really sounds familiar to me. So if that's the case, I just wanna air it out as clearly as possible that going hungry is not an option. It's not going to actually make you feel any better. It's only, it's pure punishment. That's all it is. It's not, there's, there's no really good reason for it. Um, <clears throat> now this is of course different from strategic, thoughtful, intentional fasting. And you can do some research on it. I don't personally promote fasting, but if that's something you're interested in, that's 
very different. But what I'm talking about is having a really light lunch and then a light dinner and waking up hungry and having a light breakfast, right? Being hungry and giving yourself just enough food to get by because you think you will just go ahead and work the pounds off that way, right? That's not actually the way that our bodies' metabolisms work or function in their best. Um, and so what we need, what our bodies really need is they need really healthy food and enough of it. So if you find yourself truly hungry between meals, start eating more at your meals. I am an advocate for no snacking, which is very different from going hungry. I'm an advocate for three square meals a day because I do believe that our bodies, most bodies do best when they are allowed to feel hungry right before a meal. I'm not one of those six meals, six mini meals a day kind of nutritionists. I am a three square meals a day, plus if you need it, a strategic pre or post-workout snack kind of girl. Um, I think I've seen people really go from being sugar adapted to being fat adapted the fastest by following something like that. But what's key in that format is also making sure you're getting enough food to last you to the next meal. It's very good and very natural to be truly hungry 30 minutes before a meal. But if you're famished an hour, hour and a half after you just had breakfast, you didn't eat enough. Go ahead and eat more. Have a snack for now, and then remember to eat more at breakfast the next day. Okay, next tip. Remember, this is low hanging fruit, you guys. Sleep and water really reign supreme. They really do. So now we're working backwards. We're on pillar number two of um, my Fed and Fit Project uh, priority pillars. Sleep and water. How do we figure out how much sleep and water we need? You know, I have an episode coming up. You guys can uh, keep your eyes peeled for it. But Liz Wolf, dear friend of realfoodliz.com, and she's also working on a wonderful program called Baby Making and Beyond. I invited her onto the podcast and we talked about um, let's see, we talked about preconception best practices and we also talked about pregnancy best practices. And one of the things that she said, I asked her pretty point blank, what is the one thing we can do to prepare our bodies for pregnancy the most? And guess what her answer was? It's stay hydrated and get enough rest, especially the rest. How easy is that? It's not very glamorous. It's not really fun to talk about. What are you doing to make you look so good? Oh, I'm drinking more water and I'm getting enough sleep at night, right? <laughs> it's not very exciting. It's much more exciting to say I've only I've only drunk I only drink green juice and I and I spend 4 hours on a treadmill every day. Like that's much more exciting to talk about even though it's much more punishing and not as nourishing. We need lots of great sleep and lots of great hydration. So how do you figure out how much water you need? I've said this a bunch, and forgive me for those of you who have heard it a bunch, but for starters, go ahead and take daily water need, your DWN as calculated in my book. I'll give you a sneak peek. What we do is we take our body weight in pounds. This is the only time that I think that our body weight is important. Otherwise, I would say forget the scale. And we'll talk about that in, this, in a second. Um, but we take our body weight in pounds, just approximate it. Don't go find a scale to get this number, just ballpark it, divided by two, and that those are the ounces 
of water to drink in a day. So if you weigh 200 pounds, for example, let's make the math really easy. If you weigh 200 pounds approximately, that's 100 ounces of water to drink in a day. How on earth do you figure out how to drink that much water in a day? Again, this is again, just a, an approximate, is you get one of those containers that tells you how much water it, it holds, and you say, oh, well, I have to drink two and a half of these giant containers. It's that simple. And do your best to get through that before dinner so that you're not up going to the bathroom all night long. Okay, so that's a big one that we can do. And then when it comes to sleep, start setting a bedtime and honor that bedtime. Try to avoid blue screens, I'm talking computer screens, your cell phone and the TV at least an hour before bed. So what does that leave? It probably leaves a book. <laughs> Whether it's a reading book and one of those adult coloring books or maybe you're writing thank you cards, whatever it is, something where you're able to enjoy some yellow ambient light. And if that's not an option and you have to work right up until you go to bed, go ahead and run down to the hardware store, get some amber goggles. They're very cheap, not so glamorous, but they will help block that blue cortisol stimulating light. So you are able to fall asleep more easily at bedtime. And then go to sleep. Try to not watch any TV from the bed from the bedroom. Turn the temperature down if you need to. Make sure all of the, the light is turned off. It's nice and cool. You have clean sheets and try to sleep and be rested until you wake up in the morning, okay? And so those two things will actually help you feel so good. And how fun is that? How fun is that 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 gets to be an even higher priority over the foods that show up on our plate and over what we're doing when we tie our tennis shoes and we, when we go out for a workout? Sleep and water have a bigger impact on our health and well-being than those things. Okay, um, let's see. So we're going to finish off with a mindset piece of how to really feel our best in stepping off this hamster wheel, approaching this January reset or all resets really from a place of self-love rather than punishment. I want to talk about three things really quickly. Number one, to just keep in mind is to don't be a hero. Okay, don't feel like you have to outdo your indulgences. Don't be a hero in that regard. Do things that make you feel empowered. Eat the foods that you enjoy. Do the fitness activities that you find fun. Drink water, sleep, feel rested, and let it be. Okay, and don't worry about how close you are to, to making up for your indulgences. Just let it be. Don't feel like you have to be a hero. This is the same version of you as you've all, this is still you. This is not, this is not a lesser version of you than you have been before. This is just you. And all you are doing is working at making yourself feel great. Okay, so that's tip number two is remember that this is you. This is it. There's so many people who I talk to and they say, I just wanna feel, I just, I just want to be myself again, okay? Or I just want to get back to a point where I feel, gosh, I'm trying to find the right words. It's, it's almost as if we have tied fitting into a smaller pair of blue jeans with being a better version of ourselves. And what I want you to understand is this right now, sitting in this chair, walking around the trail, on the listening to this podcast, this is you and it's wonderful and it's perfect and there's nothing wrong with you, okay? And there's no version of you that was better or will be better. It's just 
you. So enjoy that, take a deep breath, and know that you can keep doing things every day that help you feel great. It's not that you're a better version in the future or you're working on becoming a better you, you are just you. So take a deep breath. And the last thing I wanna talk about really quickly has to do specifically with the scale. This is, some, this is one of those things that tends to bring up a lot of demons and a lot of haunts in many folks is we think this is all well and good, right? You're listening, you're thinking, okay, okay, fine. I'm gonna stop sprinting on this hamster wheel of punishing myself, making up for all of these indulgences. I'm gonna follow these tips, this sounds great. And then you step on the scale in the bathroom whether it's in your bathroom or it's at the gym, and you think, but the numbers aren't moving. Okay, I just wanna remind you from, a, again, a place of both science and love <laughs> that the scale can actually tell us very little about our health, right? Because what is it measuring? In addition to body fat, it's measuring bones, it's measuring water, it's measuring muscle, it's measuring all of our connective tissues. It's measuring that wonderful nugget in your head, your brain, right? It is measuring so much more than what we usually pull from it. So if, if you know that stepping on a scale usually spins you off into some negative self-talk and thinking, and it, and it kind of puts you in this, ooh, I'm gonna go ahead and and work a little harder tomorrow. I'm gonna go ahead and salad a little harder. <laughs> I'm gonna eat some more raw kale because that number really freaked me out. And I maybe I'll go ahead and hop on the treadmill after. I'm gonna do the workout I enjoy and then I'm gonna hop on the treadmill for 15 minutes. Right, if, if, if stepping on a scale puts you, even though you've done all this wonderful work, causes you to still veer back into that mindset of I'm gonna punish myself, then stop it. Do not step on the scale. And if you have to go to the doctor, step on it, turn around and tell the nurse, I don't wanna know, okay? Because what matters most is how you feel in your skin. Your energy levels are what matter, your outlook matters, and just how you feel in general is what matters way more than the number on the scale. When I first started this big healthy transformation journey, I was yo-yo dieting, I was feeling really deprived, I was either rewarding or punishing myself, one or the other. There was no in between. I, when I finally made the decision to start working on a true wellness path that has led me to be even keel, I can holiday and I can go into January without feeling like I'm rewarding or punishing myself. It's a magical state of mind. A lot of you listening may be there. A lot of you may be working to get there, right? You can, you can do it. One of the things I had to do was I had to stop stepping on the scale because you know what? I found after about nine months to a year, my weight didn't really change. It really didn't change a whole lot. I built a bunch of muscle, which weighs more than fat. So if I had been stepping on a scale every day and marking my progress based on the number that showed up, I would have been so discouraged because my number was, I, it was probably going up for a while and then it probably stabilized back to where I started. But you know what? I had more energy. I was sleeping better at night. I had a better outlook and my clothes were actually fitting really great. I went down actually several dress sizes, but I gained weight for all practical purposes. So 
The scale can tell you very little. Please remember that. Please avoid it, especially if it puts you into a negative mindset. Okay, everybody, that's enough for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found today's show helpful. Remember, just to recap, stop what you're doing. Get off that hamster wheel. You're worth it. You can do this. Remember that you can do fitness that you find fun. These are things you can course correct right now, okay? Do something fun for fitness. Enjoy healthy foods or eat healthy foods that you actually enjoy. Don't go hungry. Remember that sleep and water reign supreme. So even if you have a day where you didn't get to work out, you didn't get to eat healthy, at least drink that water and at least try to get to bed early. Don't be a hero. Remember that this actually is you. There's no good version of you, no bad version of you. This is who you are and toss out the scale. Thank you so much for being here. Happy 2018. Thank you. I'm excited for these next podcasts coming up for you while I'm essentially away on maternity leave. I will still be very active on social media and I'll be helpful. And I'll also be writing a lot of what you see on the blog so you can catch me over there. Thank you again, guys. It's such a pleasure to be able to talk with you every week. As always, you can find a transcript for today's show over at fedandfit.com. If you get a shot, if you get a chance, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. That would really mean a lot. The more reviews we get actually helps the show show up in front of other folks. So that's how that works. Uh, And as always, we'll be back again next week. 